everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Gamer Dad Chronicles with your host, me, Clearfire. And tonight, I have a great guest on hand. I have Nick Thimianos, the one that's been with us on several podcasts, done Zelda, done Star Wars, did all this great stuff. And I finally have a chance to sit down and talk to Nick. So, Nick, how are you doing tonight, man? Good, clear, man. I'm excited. This is uh, this is another new venture for me, so I'm, I'm ready and willing for this one. Yeah, this this whole series is kind of a different thing, too, that mm-hmm. I came up with out of just one of my crazy ideas. And you can ask Hollywood anytime. I have all these random ideas that I always throw at him, and some are just off the wall. And this one, he kind of was like, I'm not sure how that'll take off. And so far, it's actually been pretty good. People have been downloading and listening. So to all you listeners that do listen to this quote-unquote series, thank you so much because I do have fun doing this. And it gives me a chance to actually get to know our guest a little bit better as well, and you too. So with that, we'll just jump right into these questions here. And my first question for you is, Nick, how many kids do you have? I don't know how many you have. I know you have one, and for some reason, I think you might have more than one. But I'll let you explain that for me. I have two. So uh, we have a, our, our oldest, uh, uh, my daughter, Madison. She is 10 years old, and that's from my wife's previous marriage. Uh, she stays with her biological dad through the school year. We get her for holidays, you know, alternating. And we have her for uh, the summers as well, primarily. And then, obviously, little Theodore, who's uh, two years old. And he just went to bed a little while ago. Cranky little guy, but. He's, uh, they're both wonderful. Uh, I've been around in Madison's life. So she just barely turned three, and uh, she sees me as her father as well. You know, we don't. It's not like a, a a different dynamic at all. So she sees herself as having four parents and the traditional two, which is wonderful. So that is awesome, and yeah. it's great to hear from. Un- the unfortunate circumstance of a split household that everything is actually working well because, I mean, I know in the past from my experiences with friends and whatnot, it's not always the best situation, but it sounds like y'all got it actually worked out pretty well, which I congratulate you on that because being the stepdad I know sometimes can be difficult, but it sounds like y'all actually have a great balance there. We, we do. We do have a pretty good vibe. We actually uh, co-parent very well. We have a group chat with uh, uh, Madison's father and stepmother, and the four of us always communicating on Madison's behalf, whatever we need to do, like, you know, uh, money for extracurricular activities or, you know, just coordinating for trips to go back and forth. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been amazing. Like I, we know that we're the exception to the rule and very, we are very fortunate that we're able to share the love with Madison and, and not, um, have any type of like hiccups or hurting each other in any way. So we're very, very fortunate. Well, that's that. Like I said, that's awesome to hear because you know, I always, always worry about that for my friends that you know have that situation. But it sounds like for you, it's a great situation and everything's going pretty good. So, yeah. um, so 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 one of the funny incidences I do want to kind of talk about and bring up is what recently happened with you and your son and your wife just recently, and you posted about it on Facebook, and I got a great laugh out of it being a dad myself. And You're talking about the living room, the great the, living room incident. Yes, the great living room incident. So I got a, kind of would like to hear a little bit about that, just because it was so funny. I know it doesn't really have too much to do with gaming, but it's we're gamer dads, and these are kind of things we deal with. Yeah. So. Um, Teddy, you know, he's getting to that point that he's interested in being potty trained and whatnot. And he's also getting at that point that he wants to strip naked. Well, uh, Mandy, uh, 
you know, she was kind of watching him. I was doing something else, and I saw Teddy running around naked. And she's like, oh, he looks so cute. I was like, babe, that is not a good idea. He's not potty trained yet. And lo and behold, when she was walking around, I'm about to eat. She's like, ah, he took a massive deuce. <laughs> and, then we, and I'm like, I told you. <laughs> you know, and then she's like, this is why I don't want a dog. I was like, that that's fine, but I told you. I... I <laughs> I warned you, so she cleaned it up. I mean, I was just sitting there. I was like, I'm not doing it, <laughs> you know. And then Teddy's like, uh oh, poop, uh oh. Poop. <laughs> you know, it was it was adorable. I mean, it wasn't like a tremendous mess, but it was just like he, yeah, he just dropped a monster deuce on our carpet, you know. But I mean, it's just it is what it is. It's just parenthood. So it's just you know, you're, one way or another, someone's covered in poo in some fashion. So. Oh yeah, I mean, I remember those days, especially during the diaper phase with the blowouts and everything. You know, those are just oh, was the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. And, and for all you out there listening that aren't parents yet or haven't experienced that yet, you, when you have your first diaper blowout, you will understand why we have a panic feeling in our voices when we say that because it's just my very oh my first gosh. my very first night with Teddy. Hours he was hours old. I got humbled quick. I got covered in three bodily fluids in the same moment. So Teddy, oh gosh, he 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 pooped on me. He peed on me, and then Mandy was having anesthesia sickness. And then I accidentally turned to face Teddy because I was holding him, and I walked, uh, kind of shifted away from the puke bag. And then Mandy just just like projectile vomited all over oh me, and I'm like, and, and I'm like, I can never, I. This is it. This is <laughs> I'm a dad. It's oh like, my uh, gosh! Yeah, like I, I was gonna say, you know, I have a great story of that, but mine doesn't top that at all. <laughs> but mine was with uh, Seth. His um, basically, he as soon as he was born, he went to eat. I mean, the child was hungry from the minute he got out. You know, he, he's been eating since. You know, and I can't keep him fed. But as soon as he finishes, you know, we do the skin to skin contact with me and him. And that's my first time to hold him. And as soon as I put him to my chest and huddle him up there, he just goes and pees all over me. And he loves hearing that story all the time. He's seven now. He turned seven yesterday. I have a seven year old and I cannot believe it. And he still to this day asks every once in a while saying, Daddy, can you tell me the story of when I was born? I'm like, do you want to hear the story or do you want to hear that part? And we just call it that part. He goes, that part. I'm like, that's what I thought. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm sure Teddy's going to be asking me those questions too. Like, oh, what about that time you were covered in every single thing you could think of? Oh, yeah, it, it's coming as soon as they can start talking. So let's roll into it. it. Let's roll into a little bit of this and talk a little bit more about gaming and actually blend that now that we've gotten our whole bearings of we both definitely are dads and definitely okay. have gone through the through through the pains of some of the dad dad dadhood stuff yeah. um but so i know right now you're currently back in school yep. and how do you find time to get gaming in and go to school and do your dad duties because we all know we have them well i think the biggest thing is uh, i'm not working you know, since I'm going to school full time, you know, I'm using the GI Bill. I have my disability on top of that. So financially, I was okay. It, we, we, were, we were good. You know, we budget. So that's fine without uh, without it hurting us. So it, like that kind of alleviates a lot of stress. Um, I just, uh, because I was going to AMU and the thing with AMU is that they go by eight week cycles and taking two classes at a time, you're considered full time. 
is so you know I get my benefits and everything like that without it being a factor. So then I'm able to focus on those two classes uh, pretty easily, you know. I and then I just break it down like I'll just do a little bit every day, and then I just keep going on. If there's you know like it's just a I guess I prioritize what needs to be done. If it's like a, a big homework assignment, I'll just chip away at it, but I'll make sure certain other milestones are done. Like, okay, the discussions are due on this day. I'll make sure I'll knock it out on this day. All right, I need to do this reading. I need to do this reading. And then with the gaming aspect, so I'll, I'll do homework for an hour, but then I'll take a break for like 30, 45 minutes. I'll usually have a timer. I'll jam on a game and then I'll get right back to it. And then if it's something that I'm like, I'm already caught up and I got nothing to do, then I got all the time in the world to do that. And thankfully, I guess I'm cheating here too, but you know, because I'm, I have all the time during the day. My son happens to be at daycare. Madison's obviously, if she was here, she would be at school. Otherwise, you know, she, uh, you know, she's in Nebraska. So, uh, with Teddy being at the daycare, I think that's what helps a lot. So I try to make sure a lot of my schoolwork is done before I even go pick Teddy up from the daycare. And then, um, you know, he typically goes to bed about 6.30 at, uh, in the afternoon. So I still have a good chunk of time even after he goes to bed that I can still catch up on whatever homework. So, I mean, I tend to have a lot more downtime than normal. So it, I'm fortunate with that because of AMU. So I think that's what's really, in comparison to a traditional school, I, I think I hit the lottery on that one. Yeah, you definitely did, and that seem, sounds similar to the program that I did at um, Mississippi College, where basically you take two classes for eight weeks, you're off for a week, and then you go back for another two, you know, go back for another eight-week cycle, and you have two classes. So basically four classes a semester, you just cram an entire semester class into eight weeks. Mm -hmm. I did that and really loved that, and we did it. It was called the ADP or adult uh, I, I know I said ADP, but I think it's like adult education program. And so it was all at night, you know, all night classes and everything like that. And it worked out great for me. I really enjoyed it. But man, working and doing that, it was it was tough. And I thank God I did not have a kid at the time. Otherwise, I don't I, know if I would have been able I to handle think, it. I don't think I could have. Actually, I was doing a little bit of school. When, when Teddy was first born, I was doing school and I just got hired. So that was kind of a hard juggle. But and then after like two months of that, I was like, ah, okay. I mean, I was only going to school initially just until I got a job. And then I was working. I was like, okay, well, I, I'll focus on the job in Teddy and that'll be enough for right now. But then I, uh, I was like, ah, no, I need to do some kind of self-improvement of some sort. I actually, this week, uh, started looking into transferring from AMU to Western Governors University. Yeah, I've heard they of that. Okay, so uh, Mandy, because you know she's a reserve, she was uh, AGR over at Peterson, and she works at uh, a network squadron. And a lot of the folks there, you know, they do IT and they do other kind of stuff. And they mentioned about that school, and with them, uh, you get a six month block, and you do as many classes as you want oh. in that six month block, and then you're still considered full time. Uh, they say the minimum is like 18 credit hours, which isn't too bad. And um, But with that, though, in comparison with AMU, because I'm trying to do IT, I get certifications with my degree. AMU does not provide that. I'm like, oh. That's because a big bonus. To, it, it is. So then that's, now I've been on the process of, you know, transferring credits and, you know, doing all that. But I'm, I'm actually liking that idea, too, because, you know, I can focus one thing at a time without going too hard now 
on that, but I want to uh, do my best to maintain like you yeah. know, do the two classes at a time and trying to knock out what I can. Well, let me say this just being from being an IT professional for going on almost 20 years now, get those certifications. They mean a lot. And Liz, everybody out there listening, if you are in the IT field or thinking about going to IT field, certifications mean a lot. If you have a chance to go through a program, what Nick is talking about, that you get a degree and certifications, do it. Don't think twice about it. Do it. It's going to be your best avenue to get the best job. Promise you, hands down. And speaking of that, I'm actually fixing to take another certification class for my Scrum Master um, here in December. So I'm fixing to be right back in this whole studying phase again. But hopefully that one won't be halfway as intense or as in-depth as your, what your studying has to be for all your classes right now. So mm-hmm. um, so I guess we're going to kind of, uh, again, change gears here. And, you know, you have your 10-year-old daughter. And my question for that is, is have you introduced her to gaming? And how did you introduce her to gaming? I have. It's uh, so what her biggest game that she likes to play with all of us together. She loves uh, Rayman Legends. Uh, she, that's a big game that we play together. Normally, it's her, she and Matt, uh, Mandy will play, and then I'll come in and I'll help them out. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like if they're stuck in a platforming part. But uh, normally, we'll play that. She actually learned how to play Diablo three, so we couch oh, co op wow. together. Yeah, we couch co op Diablo three together. She has asked a couple times this, uh, when I would play World of Warcraft. Um, that she'll sit on my lap and then she'll actually play. So she made a she made a blood elf and then uh, she was just trying all the different things and you know going around. She she actually picked up on it pretty well. Um, but and because she's also uh, she wants to connect with me. That's how she likes to show her love. She, uh, because she doesn't play a lot of games with other people. Like I even bought her a switch, uh, awesome. but she she doesn't typically play on her own time. So that's like uh, when she comes here. She'll want to play games with us because that's something that we, you know, Mandy and I would play Diablo together or, or, or Rayman together. So that's just like our thing as a family. Um, now that I'm not playing WoW, probably have to find another game for her to get into. But it is it is something that we do enjoy together. So since you bring up the WoW topic, I, I would like to ask you this. Did you stop playing WoW because of the new piece that just came out? I don't even know about it. Is it what's... The whole Explain it to us. Yeah. So, so a lot of this, uh, you know, they've been under investigation for two years, and they've, uh, you know, the state of California is suing Activision Blizzard because of all the sexual allegations and how the way they were treating their employees. And then there was a lot of uh, back and forth, back and forth. There's some new stuff coming to light about the Bobby Kotick guy, and I, I've always been leery of him to begin with, and. Um, it's just the morale there, the folks that there's, they're just not respected, uh, any of the developers there. And it, and it's, it, it's starting to show in their expansions. Like, you know, you have some high quality stuff, but you could tell the things that were happening in the background is really, you know, like with, with COVID and just how the way they've been mistreated, it's showing in their game and, um, just the way that they've been handling everything and, kind of trying to cover their tracks like you know the corporate side it's it's, it's disgusting like it, it's i'm not playing you know out of principle i miss the game i love the game you know i've been a blizzard fan since you know since diablo one so it to me it's like you know you know like one of your best friends like gotten into heroin and then won't won't kick the habit and you're just seeing them killing themselves you know and, and you can't do anything about it because it's on them. And that's how I feel. Um, I mean, 
I'm hoping things will change. Like I, I'm seeing like, you know, like the, 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 the petitions from both the, from within the company of over eight, like I think over 800 signatures, they want Bobby Cody to resign. And then there's people from outside that are like, yeah, no, he needs to go. And then he's saying like, I'll consider leaving if things don't change. And then he's like, oh, oh we're also the people on the board are going to, are going to be involved in, in doing a process to make it, uh, you know, more of a coherent atmosphere and, and, and bringing people together and make it diverse. Like he's, they're like so tone deaf about it. It's like, dude, they don't want the board. It, it, it needs to be, you know, in house, like the, the board can oversee, but you know, they, they could participate, but I don't think they should be the ones running it at all. Like maybe they hold ultimate responsibility. They can make certain decisions or have input. Sure. But it needs to be more, military mindset tactically focused it needs to be with the people that are actually involved in doing the job not some shareholder or some some exec that's like geographically separated from everybody else like it needs to be people there and i think that is what the issue is is you know like that company when when activision merged with them it's just it 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 stopped being the dream job you know like they do have some great you know, like the people there, you know, great people. And I'm glad that they they have actively been booting the folks that have been causing the problems. But I didn't know about the, the poor girl that committed suicide that was, you know, that was sexually assaulted and everything like that. It's just, it was, it was terrible to hear. But I mean, um, you know, being in the military too, you hear this stuff and you come across this stuff all the time. And I don't want to say I'm desensitized to it, but it just like, it almost doesn't surprise me. But at the same time, it does because it wasn't something I would expect from a video game company. But again, it happens everywhere. And I am, I'm bummed. Like, it's kind of funny because, you know, I got a, I got a horde tattoo. I got a horde tattoo in my arm and I proudly displayed. I got a horde decal on my car. Like I'm, I'm, you know, look to our all day, every day kind of thing, you know, and I, I have a World of Warcraft play man on my, on my desk here. So I love Blizzard. I, I love, wow. I mean, I'm a big fan of Thrall from day one, you know, it's just, so seeing all this, like, yeah, it hurts. Like I have to just out of principle, like I'm not one of those like angry neck beards that just wants a bash wow because it's not like, it's not like classic or what it used to be. It's like, well, yeah, of course it's not, you know, that, that's another, that's another conversation. But I mean, I'm, I've been a fan of WoW because of Blizzard from, from day one, you know, 12 year old Nick, you know, loading up Diablo on a four speed CD ROM <laughs> and then trying to figure out how to get on Battle.net that first time because I had no idea then until we found out, Oh, you got to log onto the internet and then it does the rest for you. Oh my God. Cause we were, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, uh, it, it's been around as long as a lot of my, you know, childhood friends have been around. So then that's kind of like where it, it, it's almost like, you know, like if Disney, you, you end up finding out they had like a child slave ring under Disneyland. And then it finally came to like, you know, it's just going to shatter everybody, everybody's thoughts about it. It's kind of, that's kind of, I think how I feel about the whole thing. Well, I'm, I'm glad you definitely went into that. Cause that's <clears throat> definitely, yeah, I knew about a lot of the stuff going on. Um, and definitely we've all seen it in the news. It's definitely been headlines in the news, especially in the gaming world and definitely hope that it gets better for them at Blizzard. Um, so you, you bring up another thing that I would like to talk about. I know we've mentioned it before on the podcast, but how many gaming tattoos do you have? Cause <laughs> you just bring that up and 
Yeah. Uh, so I have I got Wow. I got Fallout. I got the original. Uh, got Fallout One. The the T fifty one power armor helmet on my arm. Then I got another Fallout tattoo. The charisma one because we used mm-hmm. to say when I was in the military, like I had a lot of charisma to recruit my friends. So I was like, okay, this is a perfect one. Um, and then I got uh, the twenty sided dice. Like I just fell in love with D anD D when I was. Uh, it, because I never got a chance to really play D&D outside of like Neverwinter Nights or Baldur's Gate, you know, when I was in college. I had no friends to really play with. So when I joined the military, that's a group of people actually invited me to start playing it, and I just fell in love with it. Like, I go, how could I be, how could I have been trying to become a game designer without playing like the most basic, that's a wrong word to say, but the, 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 where the majority of RPGs and games and everything, like almost everything came from D&D, into RPGs especially so it's like and then I fell in love with it I loved it I played so many different things so I'm like okay I got a 20 sided die uh, on the 20 on my right and I got a 1 on my left you know and I, I felt like that was good I got uh, you know I'm a huge fan of Mass Effect I got the N7 tattoo on my chest right where he would have it on his armor um, I have Batman you know but I mean I've always oh, been there Batman, you go, Batman. yeah <laughs> Batman um, and then that's really it and then like the I, most, the majority of my tattoos I got it from the same the same person, and she's like, "Hey, That's I know awesome. you're a nerd." Yeah, she's like, "Hey, I know you're a nerd. I made a tattoo specifically for you." And she's she's known to draw like uh, Sailor Jerry, uh, like pinup girl tattoos, and so she drew a pinup girl tattoo with the Darth Vader helmet, and she's holding a lightsaber. So she did that, and, and then she's like, "Just just come on by, dude. I'll hook you up." So she, I, I let her do it, and she. So that was it. <laughs> that that's sick, right there. I, I, that when somebody especially does custom work for you, that's oh, yeah. awesome. Oh yeah, it's, it's oh that yeah, guys. I wish y'all could see it. It looks so cool. I mean, it looks <laughs> really awesome. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so you know, you bring up a good point too with the whole D and D and the basis of gaming, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. Um, I'm I'm a big D and D player. I play D and D a lot. And I didn't really get started in D&D until after high school, which is kind of odd for most people. You know, most people get involved with it in middle school, high school. I was a magic player for a while and then it moved into D&D. But it's just crazy to think that, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, how you got all these RNG roles and they don't realize it's based on a D20. It's based on the 20 sided die it's based on the crit fail crit hit and all of that and it, it's just crazy to think that especially like when you're looking at your st- uh, your stats rolling stats in D&D it's just like when you first make your base characters in most RPGs it's just oh my gosh you just give me the chills when I sit here starts th- thinking about D&D because I just loved it so much we had so much fun playing it oh man I've been with this group uh, this specific group we've been uh playing online through Roll20 and using Discord and Skype and all that. And so I've been with them since for the last five years now. And we just finished our, we're about to finish our fourth campaign together. And then we're doing a, uh, we did a poll on what we're going to play. I don't know if it's been finalized just yet, but uh, we were talking about doing 5e because we haven't touched 5e yet. Uh, there was Numenera 2.0, Vampire Masquerade. And, um, there was another one that it looked like uh, that was pretty interesting, but it's uh, it's escaping me. Oh, Final Fantasy. Oh, Excuse yeah, me. yeah, I've heard about that one. So, 
I'm like, oh wow, these are these are pretty intense. But I, I think I was leaning more on five E. I wanted to do something. Uh, wanted to go back on the traditional because we were we we were doing a we've done two full campaigns of a homebrew campaign that my buddy was uh, has made and it's fascinating. Like he he he's really deep in the lore and he uh, he even came up with his own like rule set using a uh, eight sided die and it was it was fun and you know we provide feedback in regards to how. Um, how we can improve and whatnot, but we we jumped through different things. I I was kind of gearing him eventually down to Shadowrun, but I know that that reset <laughs> is kind of clunky. But yeah, it's real clunky. I mean, but it was just some. It was just something. I think I got my Cyberpunk fix with Cyberpunk and Deus Ex, so I think I'm okay with that. But um, yeah, no man, it was. I'm excited. When one of my favorite ones that we did was modern D20, but this was back in Germany, but we made it into the Fallout universe using that. Oh, that's of, cool. So that was interesting. So that was fun to do, but we used a percentage die versus, you know, a D20, but yeah. everything else was D20, but we used percentage die when it came to like combat. It was interesting. That is, that is an interesting twist using the percentage die. I mean, and for all you know that, you know, don't know out there, a percentage die is either using two D10s or you can use a D100. You don't want to use a D100. They don't stop rolling. Never. They, they don't. Just, no. They just roll forever. It's like a ball. I mean, it's... it's you could kill somebody with it. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. It's so it's so much fun when somebody says, oh, I'm going to roll the D100. You're like, all right, well, it's time to make a new fresh pot of coffee. Let me go do this. And by the time I come back, you might have stopped that... You know, might stop rolling because it really does. It's hilarious to see a D20. So speaking of that, and this is a game that me and Hollywood played back in the day, and it's a board game. It's Hero Quest. I don't know Ooh. if you ever played it. Yes, 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 I have. I really want to get a game of Hero Quest together, and I don't know how to pull it off online because with Hollywood being in Florida, me being in Mississippi, and you being in Colorado, I don't know how that'd work. And I, I want more than one person to play. And Hollywood always says, "Dude, you're the best DM. You've got to run the games. It can't be anybody else." And so, I could make them on the. I made them on the fly. I made a lot of the things on the fly too because we definitely played through all of them all the time oh man i haven't played that game since i, I that was probably the first experience for me for D, but i was like nine years old and we were staying at, uh, at a friend's house for the weekend kind of thing and they were babysitting us because my parents were out of town and but i like again i was like um you know what? i might have been like 10 or 11 actually but i didn't understand it and the guy kept getting angrier with me but i do i think you could use roll 20 um and use just whatever maps are on there. If you have the, if we could all get a copy of the rule set and stuff like that, that might work. If not, if you just want to jury rig a gaming table at your place, have a webcam focused down on the table so we can see the mat and you kind of explain to us and, you know, okay, well, we want to move here, could do that. Uh, but like I said, Roll20 is amazing. And they actually just announced a beta that they're doing everything isometric versus just a top down. Uh, just a grid. So I was really stoked about seeing how that will play out. Roll Twenty is uh, they they have really up their their uh, their game. Like literally, like I mean, there's just so many features that they have. Like if, whether you have a, a subscription or not, it's not necessary. But I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how their isometric plays out over over time. I'm definitely gonna have to look into that. I I didn't know about Roll Twenty. I've never heard of that, mm-hmm. and so I, I definitely want to check that out now because I definitely want to start playing more Dungeons and Dragons for me. Because I mean, the, the two main ones I played was Dungeons and Dragons, and I actually played the 
D twenty version of Star Wars. Mm. Loved that. That was so much fun because that I made a fun. made a made a gray Jedi and just went berserk whenever I wanted to. It was so much fun. Oh yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that too. Yeah, no, roll twenty dot net, and uh, they have a lot of great stuff. They have uh, they actually, I think they made a deal with Pathfinder, and they got a lot of their their things. They have uh, built in voice chat if you want to use that. If not, you know, Discord's perfect. Um, they have, uh, I think, soundtracks as well. And there's, like I said, a ton of features. You can build your own maps, I believe. You can import maps. You can set different layers where you can make it where you can see the entire map for everybody, or you could have it where there's a fog of war, and depending on where the player is angled, it, it's cool too. Then you know you could you could type in emotes, you could type you know what type of dice rolls you want to do. You could pre-program that if you want. Um, you could upload character sheets. There's it's very versatile, and I think they have apps for it on the phone as well, or you know on a tablet. Uh, but that's how we've been playing for years. Uh, and we, you know, that I can't stress it enough. It is great. I'm sure there are other uh, platforms out there. I'm not aware of though. But I mean, we've been we've been rolling with Roll Twenty for, like I said, the last five years, and been having a lot of fun with it. I might have to look into that, and then actually maybe even throw it up on our Discord server since we already have one for H and K, and maybe even get some of our listeners to play with us. It might be something fun to do one day. That's a great idea. And of course, you know, once again, like I said earlier, my harebrained ideas, there goes one right there, you know, thinking, Oh my gosh, we could do this for agent K and have a gaming lounge out of it. Having, uh, having some one-offs would be great, especially if the listeners want to play. Oh, definitely would do one-offs. I mean, that would be the fun thing to do is to do some one-offs, just little small, simple things, and then make a big long one. If anybody wanted to jump in that, because from the way I used to play D and D, didn't have maps, didn't have anything. It was literally books. You had your DM. Your DM was just basically telling you this story, and you just played it out, and things went as they happened. And I loved that because it was so freeform. Mm-hmm. And I had the most amazing DM, and I wish he was listening to the podcast because I'm going to shout him out. Joey Sherrill, dude, you got, I got to find you. We got to play a game. I mean, he still lives uh, around the corner from me, so I can probably you know track him down. But, man, I just so want to play it his games again because he did so yeah. well he was amazing that's awesome and you know what because you said that i should give shout outs to uh my first dm gordon Prika. he was he was the one that introduced me to everything and i you know if it wasn't for him i don't think i would have fell in love with the dnd because he really made it accessible and he kept it you know really traditional with some house rules but he really groomed me into there and help me cultivate like great characters in there. And then my buddy Paget, who I've been playing with the last five years, he's an excellent DM. He knows how to roll with it. And it's, uh, he's really kept a really amazing group of people in order for us to play. And then especially with this homebrew, man, it's, it's been wild. It's been a wild ride. Yeah. Well, as I look down at my clock and notice we've already gone 30 minutes into this podcast and we really haven't delved deep into the, dad and gaming questions we've mm-hmm. talked a lot about dnt we've talked a lot about um god i can't even say the word now my brain this is what happens to me talked a lot about uh blizzard and their problems and mm-hmm. even had the talked about the uh living room incident which yeah. I, I still love you know it still gives me great laughs so i want to ask you this question and yeah. this is one are you willing to come back to do a part two because i like to keep these short down to you know oh, yeah 30 minutes or so Let's do a part two and let's come back and wrap this up and 
give the listeners some more details on this because it's been a great conversation. This one's flown by faster than any other ones have. Even the one with Hollywood, it just this flew by. So for everybody out there listening, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a part two. It'll probably come out in December, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. It'll work out. I wasn't planning to do one in December, so this actually works out great. So we will have a Gamer Dad Chronicles in November and December, guys. So that's something great to look forward to. So with that, Nick, I want to thank you so much for taking your time out of your schedule from studying, doing homework, cleaning up poop, and <laughs> and, and, and stepping away from the games for a little bit to talk to me some about this. And I look forward to doing a part two with you because I think this will be a great part two. And we will actually talk a little bit more about the gaming and the dad part of it where, hey what games do you think you should introduce to your kid first? You know, when will Teddy get to play games and all that good stuff? And we'll get into those on the next episode. Absolutely, man. I am, I am so stoked for the next one now. Thank you again for everything. Oh no, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining me tonight and everybody listening. Remember, this is a part of the HNK network. Go check us out at www.hnkexp.com for all your needs of our podcast. You can find all of our past episodes, our guests, you can find our social media links, and you can find the podcast outlets that we have our podcast on. Once again, that's www.hnkexp.com. Once again, Nick, thank you so much for your time, and we will talk to you again really soon.